As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Get your popcorn ready. It's game time, baby. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome a team that is known as Stoppers. Stoppers! The Athletic presents Hogan Johns. Every single play, go take it. Bring that juice. Let's go get it. Come on. Chicago's best Bears coverage. Go Bears. Go Bears. From NBC Sports Chicago, it's Adam Hogue. The Bears angst in general. Everybody's like angry about it, I feel like. Just relax. From The Athletic, it's Adam Johns. This is just how it is. It's a range of emotions. It's a range of feelings and hot takes. Here they are. Fiery, feisty, and frequently ill. The Adams, Hogan Johns. What's up? Welcome into the Hogan Johns podcast brought to you by Miller Lite. We're back with you. Day two of this jam-packed week of content leading up to this big game between the Chiefs and the Buccaneers. Ready to go, Johns? We get a break from the quarterback conversation. I know. A little bit. We talked so much about the offense and quarterbacks yesterday. Today, we're shifting to the defense, and we're going to jump in right away with Bilal Nichols who had an outstanding season with the Chicago Bears. And uh, Bilal, thanks so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Uh, how's the start of your offseason been so far? Uh, thanks, guys, for having me. But uh, it's been good so far. You know, I've been able to get back home and be with my family and, you know, be around my loved ones. You know, this season was a lot different for us this year because we couldn't really be around people too much you know, due to COVID and things of that nature. So, you know, it feel good to finally be able to see my loved ones. I haven't seen them since before training camp started. So, you know, this is this is a good feeling. This is this is a good way to start the offseason off. Well, let's start off with the, the big news, at least defensively in Chicago. Chuck Pagano has retired. Sean Desai right now is your new defensive coordinator. What do you expect from Sean? I know you guys call him the doc. How much are you going to miss Chuck? Uh, I'm going to definitely miss Chuck, you know, on and off the field. He was a great guy, a great coach. Um, you know, he brought it day in and day out. And, uh, he gave us everything he had, um, you know, but I'm, I'm definitely excited for Coach Desai. Um, you know, he's, he's a guy that's that I've known ever since I got to Chicago, always been a high football IQ guy, always been a guy that prepared. Um, and he knows what he knows his stuff, um, point blank period. That's why we call him the doc, because he's so smart. He know everything. So, you know, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited. And, uh, you know, I'm happy that he finally getting his opportunity. It seems like, Bilal, that, that so, many pe- so many people have great things to say about Sean Desai, and yet 
Uh, I don't know that the fans know a whole lot about Sean Desai yet. It, it, certainly, uh, he's been in Chicago for so long. He's learned under three different defenses, basically. Um, what do you like about his philosophy? And I understand he hasn't necessarily been your position coach, uh, but, but what do you think is going to be his flavor to the defense? Uh, I think he's going to have a very similar flavor to Vic Fangio. Uh, I think for us, you'll see a lot of similarities with our defense this year um, versus our defense uh, in 2018. I think you're going to see a lot of the same similar type of schemes, uh, the same similar type of plays being run. Um, Cause you know, he's a, he's a, he's a Vic Fangio disciple. So uh, he going to bring that type of energy. So, you know, we're excited about that. I can't wait to see. I, I can't wait. How about his demeanor? Every time we talk to him, he's so calm, collected, and so mm -hmm. you know thoughtful with everything that he tries to explain to us about the, the secondary, specifically the safeties. But you've been around him for, for three years. What's his demeanor going to be like? Do you see it being like Vic Fangio, who was kind of cool? Then he had a, a fiery side as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I, I feel like uh, Coach Coach Sean Desai, like that, like what you see from him from a demeanor standpoint, that's who he is, and I think that's who he's going to be this year. Um, you know, he we're confident in him. Uh, we know he he's the right person for the job. So, you know, he don't got to be anybody but himself. Um, that's what got him to this point so far, you know. So I'm excited, but I think you're going to see a calm dude. But uh, one thing about Coach Desai is uh, he got you schemed up. So, <laughs> so it's going to be interesting to see. Bilal, another big change, uh, specifically in your position room, Jay Rogers moves on to the Chargers. Uh, I've considered Jay to be one of the best position coaches there is in, in football. How much do you credit him for your success, what he's taught you, and how big of a loss is that going to be for you guys? Man, uh, you know, a lot of my success so far in this league has came from from Coach Jay Rogers and, and the vets that I've been blessed to play with. Um, you know, he, he uh, from day in, from my first day becoming a Chicago Bear, uh, he's been on me about the little things, the details, the technique, and, you know, a lot of the plays that I make, you know, and, and a lot of the positions that I be in to make those plays are a credit to him. Uh, you know, I definitely think he's, if not the best, he's one of the best defensive line coaches in the NFL. Um, so, you know, we're going to miss him. But at the same time, you know, we're excited about Coach Romp and we can't wait to get started. And, and we know he he's a guy that's been around and he's, he's been around for a very long time, been in different places. So, you know, he's an experienced guy. So I can't wait to learn from him. And I think as a young guy, you know, just seeing the, um, the different uh, coaching philosophies, uh, that's that'll be good for me. Uh, it'll be able to show me a different side than I ever looked at things before. Well, what was the, what was the, the mood like amongst the defensive players after the season ended? I, I know you, you get into the playoffs, you feel good about that, but then you, you lose to the Saints. Like, what's left for you guys to prove like what's left for you guys to accomplish is you guys got all pro players caliber players at all three levels but how maybe angry are you guys about how things ended this season uh we were really frustrated um you know at the end of the day we are playing in chicago to win a super bowl and we didn't accomplish that goal this year so it's frustrating as a player as a player when you know, that's the that's the goal, and that was the standard set for us, and we didn't reach it. So uh, we we more frustrated in ourselves because we know it's a lot of areas we could have been better, especially in that particular game. So, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's one of those things where we're frustrated, but we know the talent and the caliber of players we have on this team. And, uh, you know, next year it got to it gotta be – we got to make it happen. We didn't make it happen this year. We got to make it happen next year. Bilal, what were those couple days like after the, the loss to the Saints? It – 
Uh, it seemed like there was a lot of silence. I know we were all wondering what, what was going to happen. I think at one point your teammate Akeem Hicks tweeted, does anybody know what's happening? Uh, what was it like for the players sitting there in like that 48 hours after the game wondering maybe what direction the Bears might be going in? Yeah, it's, it was different. Um, it was an anxious time because nobody knows anything. You know, you're kind of just waiting to hear what's going to happen. You're waiting to see what's going to happen. And uh, But at the end of the day, um, you know, you have to just, you know, take a deep breath and uh, sit there and reflect on everything you've done this season and how you could be better. I know that's what I did. I took those couple of days uh, instead of like, you know, making myself anxious about what was going to happen. Uh, I just told myself that, uh, you know, reflect on how you played this year, where you could be better at in certain areas and how can you come back next year as a better player. So how do you think you played this year? You had your first interception, a career high in sacks. You played some nose tackle with Eddie Goldman out. Like, how did 2020 go for you? Uh, I think it went well. Um, you know, I think uh, everything that I went through in the offseason as far as training, pushing my body to new limits, it really paid off for me. Um, I feel like, uh, you know, those type of things, just that work ethic that I had, you know, that's, that's, that's the standard for me, and it paid off well for me. There's definitely a lot of areas I could have been better at. There's definitely a lot of areas that I sat down and watched all of our games as soon as the season ended, and there was notes I had from each game where I could be better at certain areas. Uh, I'm never I'm never content with my position. Uh, I, had a, I had a pretty good season this year, but it wasn't good enough. We didn't win in the playoff game. We didn't win a championship, and I could have been better. So, you know, I just hold myself to that standard. Uh, but at the same time, I'm proud of myself, but I still realize it's a long way for me to go. So when Stafford gets traded out of the division, you bum because he's the guy you picked off this year, right? <laughs> uh, nah, I'm not too bummed. Uh, you know, he's he's a great quarterback, so you know, <laughs> I was able to make a play on him, but he made a lot more plays on us. So, you know, you know, a, a guy like that, that's good for us. Yeah. Hey, last question for you. I just want to ask about the game this weekend. You know, you guys had success against the Buccaneers, and, and I know that there's been some talk in Tampa. They looked at that game against the Bears as somewhat of a wake-up call offensively for what they needed to figure out to get better. What worked against the Buccaneers earlier this season? Uh, essentially, how do you beat the Buccaneers? Uh, well, you know, first and foremost, they're a great team, especially offensively. Uh, you know, they have a lot of weapons. They have a lot of different angles they can hit you from. Uh, I think the biggest thing with us was getting a Brady. Um, I think that is the, the way to control the game. If you can get the, get the time and make him feel uncomfortable and just make him feel, feel the pressure, I think it, it'll give you a lot of opportunities to make a lot of plays against that offense. Um, you know, he's, you know, he's obviously the GOAT. I mean, he's the, one of the, He's probably the best player to ever play the game of football. Uh, so a guy like that, um, you got to really get on him. You got to really pressure him. You cannot make him feel comfortable because uh, when he feel comfortable, that's when he pick you apart. So uh, I think that'll be the biggest key for that uh, that Kansas City defense. Bilal, thanks for the time. It was it was fun watching you play this year and uh, make the jump that you made. And looking forward to seeing what you can do next year as well. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. All right, there he is, Bilal Nichols. Bears defensive tackle who, man, you look at some of the positives from the 2020 season. He's, he's right up towards the top along with Roquan Smith and um, some of the other young guys that really took a jump. An outstanding third season, just, just like Roquan Smith. and They're from the same draft class. When the Bears drafted Nichols, they thought he had Pro Bowl potential. I know that's a lot 
to ask of a, of a fifth round pick, but the, the size was there, the athleticism was there, the handwork was there, the nastiness was there, and Jay Rogers got that out of him this year. I think he's going to miss him a little bit. And, and don't forget, they give Jay Rogers credit for scouting him too. For, yeah. For, you know, they always have the position coaches look at the tape, and Jay, Jay Rogers really uh, had some great things to say about Bilal before the Bears drafted him, and of course did a great job developing him. So that's something to watch as we head into 2021. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. Well, uh, it was fun talking defense. It was also fun earlier today. We had a chance to talk to Kyle Brandt from the NFL Network, uh, who's a big Bears fan, uh, as many know, uh, Chicago native. We had plenty of fun talk with that and a whole lot more, including roller coasters. The whole thing got weird. But here he is, Kyle Brandt from the NFL Network. Okay, let's bring in Kyle Brandt. Of course, uh, you know him as one of the hosts of NFL Network's Good Morning Football, which airs Monday through Friday. 6 a.m. Central Time. And, of course, he has an awesome podcast, too, called 10 Questions with Kyle Brandt, which you can find on Spotify, YouTube, everywhere you find podcasts like this one as well. Kyle, what's up? We can see you're a Giant Bears fan. We already knew that, but you're representing today. What's going on? It's great to be here, Adam. And, Adam, I got my Bears hat. And should I my mood change mid-segment, I can go here, and then I'll be here. And then if I get too hot... Then I can go to option three, which I have here, and I also have the GSH on the back. So I have all kinds of Bears gear. And here's the thing. You talk all these about all these teams all around the country, and you talk to Kansas City or Pittsburgh or Tampa. I don't have any of their gear. I got this stuff. I got so much Bears stuff. So I was waiting to bust this stuff out. I'm so happy to be talking to two Chicagoans so I can wear my stuff. And I got boxers on. I got socks on. All <laughs> the Bears stuff. So let's start with the Bears. What was it like watching this season? We, we covered a roller coaster, I, I thought, like three different seasons almost. You got Mitch Trubisky in the start, Mitch Trubisky at the end, and a, yeah. a full seven-game segment in the middle. What would you think of it? How would you process all of this? Well, you said roller coaster, so that, of course, takes me to Gurney, uh, hallowed ground of Six Flags Great America, where I spent a lot of time in my childhood. Sometimes I would even go and get what's called a Twicket, where you could come back the next day for like $1. And if I was to describe on the top of my head the Bears season to a classic Six Flags Great America roller coaster, it'd be the Shockwave. I don't even know if that's Yes. It was yes. blue and white. All right, Shockwave was like one of the estate pieces of Great America. I mean, it was like oh. right up front, prime real estate. And here's the thing, though, like, it would go up and up and up. And it would stay at the beginning. There's this incredible climb and it's five wins in the first couple of months of the season. We're all doing boom and club dub and everything, but Holy crap. Then it goes down <laughs> fast. 
and then it comes back for some loops. I think there's consecutive loops over the parking lot. That would be the description for the Bears season. Um, I, I hate talking negatively about the Bears. I, I, I don't like doing it about any team, but especially the Bears. I'm proud. I grew up with Walter Payton bed sheets and the Super Bowl shuffle cassette tape. I love that stuff. I don't want to. And yet all this year when, when it would come up and what we would do, I, I would. it was an exercise in agility and not talking negative because it wasn't just they were losing. It was just so flat. And the offense was just didn't have anything and the occasional spots here and there. But I don't know. I, I guess I'm answering your question in a roller coaster of an answer itself. It was a really, really weird, unique season that inexplicably ended. You know, the Bears went to the playoffs and you're like, oh, that's a success. And I feel like it almost would have been better if they didn't make it in a weird way. That's it's a strange description. But man, it was a strange season. See, the problem with Shockwave, though, was oh, when I'm you got off that ride, you your head was banging around. You had a. Yes. a you feel it 24 hours later, something was wrong with your neck. That's kind of what this bear season did to everybody, too. It's true. The shockwave would, would rattle you. And I, you know, I think I look at the, some of the other roller coasters, at least from the 80s and 90s. I feel like the first naggy year, the 2018 year, was like your starter roller coaster. There's one called the Demon, where yeah, like yep. it was for like 12-year-olds. Like you're on a roller coaster, you're gonna do some scary stuff, but like it's not gonna blow you away. It's not Batman, it's not Iron Wolf. That was that pleasant 2018 season. Didn't rattle your neck, but a fun ride and positive things to come. Well, they never got on Iron Wolf and they they had a, a they stepped backwards and they were on the zipper or where something it was called in 2019. Or uh, right now, you know where they are? They're on that thing that rises up on, and like goes to 360 so you can see the whole park. It's not really a roller coaster, but it's yeah. more of like, wow, there's this, there's that, because they're evaluating and they're saying, what is the landscape of this Bears team and organization? So they're on that thing right now. And when they come down, I hope they have answers. So, so let's use that analogy. You're okay. up there, you're, you're going around, you're looking for quarterbacks, yeah. right? You saw Matthew Stafford leave the division. Jared Goff is, is, is here now. So you're looking, Deshaun Watson is out there. And then, you know, eventually that, that's, going to drop so how do you want this to play out did you think they got a shot at the sean watson like how do you feel about this whole quarterback carousel going on well you know i get asked as i'm sure you guys do whether it's by you know my dad or someone in the produce section uh, socially distanced of course and they'll be like so honestly like who's the bears quarterback next year i mean that's that's an entry-level conversation that is a simple question if you're talking about the bears and I honestly say, I don't know. I don't know who it's going to be. Um, I don't think it's going to be Mitch. I can't possibly conceive that it, they're going to have it be Nick Foles. So then you're talking about it's a rookie or it's like someone they grab for another team. And obviously it's not Matt Stafford. And I don't think it looks like a rookie either. To answer the Deshaun Watson question, I don't know, man. I mean, like... They, it's, they don't exactly have a, a pocket full of gift cards that they've been waiting to spend, and here comes the right moment, and here we go, cash them in. They don't. Um, the only way that they, they do something for Watson is if Pace and Nagy say to hell with it. We're just going to light this world on fire, and if we go down with this, we're going to go down fighting, liquefy all our assets, and bring it in and bring in Deshaun Watson. I don't see it. I, I don't see it at all. So... I would also turn to you guys. I've just eliminated Watson. I've eliminated Foles and Trubisky. So it's some rookie starter of which they don't have the pick to make either. Or it's one of these guys who is going to be out there like, shoot, I don't know, Sam Darnold 
or they say that Garoppolo might be available. It's like it's one of these middle tier guys who might be looking for a new team. And I don't know who it is. I, I will take you guys in the produce section with me. I don't know. Well, Kyle, I'll, I'll tell you two cities that I have my eye on. What do you got? It, one is San Francisco, which is what you just brought up with Garoppolo, because they seem pretty motivated to upgrade there. And if they do, you'd think Garoppolo's available. We can make this whole conversation Chicago because he's a Rolling Meadows, Arlington Heights guy. Yeah. Uh, and then the other situation, too, is Philadelphia because – I mean, it seems like they're going to stick with Wentz, but what if that changes? And if they do, I don't know, does Jalen Hurts become available for any reason? Those are just two cities I'm watching. Maybe one of those quarterbacks spring free, and it makes sense for the Bears. See, this is where we're at, and this is why how paralyzing this is. We're grasping, and, and not at, like, you know, who's going to be the starting left tackle or who's going to do – the quarterback, we don't know. And I'll tell you this. I, I know some people with the 49ers, a little bit, casual relations. I don't think this Kirk Cousins to the San Francisco thing is going to happen. I think it is all rumors, and I don't think they're doing it. I really don't. Like, I, I'm not going to tweet that as breaking news, but the impression that I get from them is people are saying, well, Cousins and Shanahan reunited. I think they love each other, but I don't think it's happening. I also don't think the Eagles are getting rid of either guy. I mean, they, they hired that guy to keep Carson Wentz. That front office loves Carson Wentz. And Jalen Hurts is too raw and too promising. So, like, you see what I'm saying? Now we're back to ground zero. So who yeah. is it? I don't think it's Garoppolo. I don't think it's the Eagles. I don't know who it is. And I'm supposed to come out and have answers for you guys. But instead, I just have empathy in that we're trying to cover the Bears and we have no clue who's going to be. And there's competition, too. Like you look at the Colts. They have one of those win-now rosters right now. They just saw their veteran quarterback and Phillip Rivers re retire. The, the competition is going to drive up the price for Watson. I, I don't know if the Colts can acquire him within division there. But the, these teams with these win-now records, um, like the Rams, they're built to win now. They just needed an upgraded quarterback. They're going to drive up the price on these guys. Maybe it's Dak Prescott. You, you never know what happens with the Dallas Cowboys. Maybe some way he, he finds a way out of there. But – this competition, if I'm the Bears, like, how do you keep up with all these teams like the Jets when they don't have a quarterback and they have all these picks and all this free agency space? Like, how do you compete with these teams that need quarterbacks, too, just like you? And it's also, like, who would we want? Like, who fires us up? For example, Deshaun Watson uh, goes to to Miami and through some chain of events, you know, Tua Tonga-Vailoa is available. Do you want him? I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not that impressed. In some magical world, would you want Jared Goff as the Bears franchise quarterback? Probably not. It's, it's. I mean, I remember a couple of years ago when it was like, hey, maybe we can get Cam Newton. Like, that would have worked out terribly. So, Dak Prescott, all right, so we want to pay him $35 million a year to, to lose in the wild card round? I don't know. It's the, you know who I want? I want Rodgers. I want Aaron Rodgers to be the Bears quarterback. And it's never going to bleep and happen. They will never over his dead body and the Packers. So it's not going to be him. And yet I'm still just chasing my tail on who it's going to be. What a transition because that was – I was going to ask you about number 12 next because yeah. you had an outstanding podcast with Aaron Rodgers uh, in 2020 – uh, on the 10 questions with Kyle Brandt podcast. And so many of the things that popped up in that podcast. And one of the things I just loved about Rogers, this was the whole season, whether it was with you or Pat McAfee, or even in his press conferences, he was as raw and honest as he's ever been in his career. And really that we ever hear from NFL players 
Um, so I just wanted to ask you about what you saw last week, knowing that you have your conversation with Rogers uh, back. That was like late summer, right? Uh, in the background, just it doesn't sound like they're going to trade him, but that doesn't necessarily solve whatever his personal feelings are right now. Yeah, my reaction to what Rogers said after losing the title game was I was not surprised. I think like a lot of people were caught off guard. But he even doubled back and said, listen, it, it's not something I haven't said before, the uncertainty about the future. The conversation you're talking about with he and I back last summer when he sat down with a, with a bucket of scotch and we just talked for an hour and a half, his whole bottom line was, I'm not going to be on the Packers someday. Like, I know they're going to move on from me. I will play for another team. And he's had certainty about that from the second they made the first round pick because the Packers have one of two things to do, and both of them are ludicrous. You decide to willingly move on from Aaron Rodgers or you just never play your first round draft pick. But, but neither one of them make any sense at all. So Rodgers has always had it in his mind that he knows what time it is and that the second, you know, he gets an injury or he has a rough few weeks that they're going to say maybe it's time to start the future. I don't think that'll be this fall, but maybe the next fall after that. Yeah. So I sat there knowing him a little bit and having contact with him a little bit like He's incapable of cliche. He's incapable of lying. He talks in this unbelievably candid, thoughtful way in every single media session. And when they said, how are you feeling? He said, look, I don't know if I'm going to be here. I would only say the Packers should say to him, just what's the plan here? What is the plan with Jordan Love? Are you guys want to give me one more year? Do you want a next year to start working? I think the Packers owe it to him to say what their vision is for how they want to involve Jordan Love in the team because they not only spent a first round pick, guys, they moved up to draft him. They they loved Jordan Love. I mean, it was perfect. Even the guy's name is Love. That's how much they were into it. I think they owe him an explanation for that. Could you imagine if he actually becomes available in a couple of years and the Bears will likely be in the same situation, right? Because it's the Bears. They're always looking for a quarterback. And it would be the greatest heel turn, wouldn't it? I mean, Brett Favre at one point played for the Vikings. So everything's possible within the own, within the division, I would say. But the heel turn, that would be for Aaron Rodgers to go from Green Bay to Chicago. That'd be quite something. Well, yeah, you need that one buffer year like Favre had with the Jets to separate. So you need Rodgers to go and, I don't know, play for the Colts for a year and then to want decide that he wants to go to the Bears. I asked yep. him, I, I said, all right, so Aaron, when you're lying you know, in your bed late at night and you've had a few scotches and your mind is wandering, you're thinking about the idea that you could sometime be with another team in the NFL, how do you look in a Bears uniform? And he just laughed and he just laughed like almost dismissively, but also like kind of bemused. He's like, yeah, you know, well, we've had a lot of good times up there at Soldier Field. I'm like, of course you have, you jerk. Every time you come there, you burn the place down. <laughs> <laughs> but he said that's one of his favorite places to play. And I got like, I'm not going to pretend like I know Aaron Rodgers, but I just get the feeling with his competitiveness, if it ever did get to that point where he had the freedom to pick teams and where he's going to go, I think he would absolutely consider that. Well, he's really good at talking about the Bears. And listen, he gets into this mode at tw twice a year, sometimes three times, where he's like, oh, you know, this, this great rivalry, it just means so much. And, you know, I've had some great battles with those guys over the years. And I'm thinking, like, you have? Like, I, I don't really remember very many great battles. <laughs> I mean, you know, the Erlacher and Briggs. I'm like, yeah, you beat them almost every time. And these young guys now, no, you beat them every time. And of course he loves playing at Soldier Field. I love going to the day spa because I love getting my scalp massaged. <laughs> That's my favorite place to play too. That's why he loves Soldier Field. He practically owns the place. I'm sorry, 
but these are just facts. Like they need to beat the guy and they rarely do. I, I wanted to ask you about uh, your angry runs. Segment. Okay. It's, I, I love it. And, you know, growing up in Chicago, we've seen a lot of angry runs and whatnot from Walter Payton, even to, to David Montgomery. There it is. I got the scepter. I got my scepter. own home scepter, oh, kids. You can own one too. <laughs> what was the run? Like when you're coming up with the idea for angry runs, like what was the run that you always had in mind? Is it, is it Mike Allstott, another Chicago area guy, you know, Allstott up the gut. Like what was the run that prompted this segment, uh, segment to, to come to fruition? And then like, like had to have Cole Komet in it. Like, what was yeah. that like? Well, for, thank you for the question. And for anybody wondering what the hell I'm holding in my hand, if you haven't seen the segment, this is the Angry Run Scepter. It's an actual scepter. It changes colors. And every single week we mail one of them to whoever had the most fierce dominating run in the league. And as you mentioned, uh, Cole Komet won one. And then Montgomery was nominated a few times. Listen, I grew up, my, my favorite running backs growing up, when I was really young, it was Peyton. But then those guys you mentioned, Mike Allstott from Joliet Catholic and going to Purdue. I loved Jerome Bettis when he was at Notre Dame. My dad's an Irish alum. He went to Fenwick and then he went to Notre Dame. So I grew up in the 80s and 90s going to Notre Dame games. So I love Ricky Waters and Reggie Brooks and Rodney Culver. But Jerome Bettis, number six, was my favorite. I loved the big guys. And so once I got to doing the NFL, I honestly think the one that really started, Mark Ingram, when he was with the Saints, used to always be really pissed off when he would run people over. And then I think the sort of uh, let it be of angry runs was is the Marshawn Beast Mode run against the Saints in the playoffs. And I'm like, we need to collect these as a species. Because there was a thing when I was growing up, it was called, there was a video that the NFL used to sell called NFL Rocks. And it was just NFL highlights to like Corny Bon Jovi and Elton John songs. But it was just like guys getting their helmet blasted off their head and getting backflipped and just hits. And, you know, growing up, you guys remember, there used to be the jacked up segment when Tom Jackson and Chris Berman, he got jacked up. And they had to eliminate that because appropriately for sensitivity. I feel like, uh, you know, jacked up walked so angry runs could run. And I owe them a lot of the encouragement. Love it. So the last thing we have to settle here. Now, when I was growing up in, in Lincoln Park in Chicago, yeah. and I went to one of a commuter high school, and there would be kids from Hinsdale and Lincolnshire. Uh-huh. And, and uh, they'd say, oh, I'm from Chicago. No, and I'd be like, I'd be that guy. I'd be that guy. You're not from Chicago. You're from the suburbs. So now I'm a suburbanite, and if yeah. I'm traveling and someone says, hey, where are you from? Of course, I say Chicago. I've become now that guy. So what did you say when people asked you? Oh, man, you city guys are just so cool. Man, you're just so legit. And we're just, we're so soft. Uh, never mind the entire Bears organization is in Lake Forest of all places, but we'll ignore that. Um, listen, if I'm traveling, back when we used to travel and I'm in California or I'm on vacation and someone comes up to me next to me at the Tiki Bar and says, oh, hey, yeah, you, uh, it's a, what are you, where are you from? I'm not going to say, well... I'm from the north suburbs of Chicago in the northern region of Illinois, just south of Wisconsin. I'm from bleeping Chicago. I'm not going to split hairs because of some elitist, snobbish mentality of people who were born in this. I didn't choose to live where I was born. I was born in Hinsdale, lived in Indian Head Park for a while, then Lincolnshire. Now my mother eventually lived in Lake Bluff. Now she moved to the city. Long story short, Chicago land, if I'm being generous, but then you sound like you're from a theme park to someone who doesn't know what that is. From Chicago. And if you really want to look down on me because I rep the 847, that's fine. I'm more than willing to rep the 847, but I am from Chicago just as the Bears are. The pride and joy of Illinois. 
I think there's five Illinois kids in the Super Bowl this year. Scotty oh, Miller. Not- he's not from the city. Yeah. He's from Barrington. Um, oh, that's Cameron cool. Great from from Naperville. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I think the Chicago suburbs might be well represented in the, in the Super Bowl. So uh, quickly, who, who do you who do you like in this one? What Bucks or Chiefs? Um, it's just like it, it's just this two questions. You look at this game and you're like, oh, come on. How could you possibly bet against Tom Brady? And then you're like, well, hold on. How could you possibly bet against Patrick Mahomes? You have to pick against one of these quarterbacks. Uh, and I'm really conflicted about it. I think it's one of the harder games to pick. But when it makes it easier is when I just when I realize that Mahomes just really doesn't lose games. It's very, very rare that he ever loses a football game. He's lost nine in his career. And um, I, there's no way I'm picking against Mahomes. Maybe Tom Brady gets a seventh ring, but I think Mahomes gets a second. That's pretty much how I feel, too. It's just so hard to go. He's just so good. He's I know. So good. Yeah. I know. Uh, Kyle, thanks yeah. so much. This is awesome. Um, we're big fans. During the season, Good Morning Football is on in my office every morning as oh, awesome. I'm grinding or whatever. It's always on. It's, it's the best way to keep track of what's going on in the mornings and have fun. You guys always manage to have fun. Uh, we appreciate your time. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, Adam, Adam, thank you for having me. It's fun to talk bears. It's fun to talk Six Flags. I'm going to send you guys some of those early 90s uh, airbrushed uh, Six Flags shirts that you could buy with your girlfriend or a caricature of the two of you for 50 bucks or something. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks, Kyle. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. It is scary how accurate those six flaggers references <laughs> were. Down to the character caricatures at the end. You remember those things? I do. You just sit there and they draw you up. And I'm glad he brought up the demon because when we started describing the Bears season, I'm like, oh, the demon. <laughs> like, demon. Then, like this season was like a demon for the Bears just in terms of how crazy it was. Yeah. Uh, nice little climb at the start. Couple loops. A shockwave. Corkscrew. The shockwave, man. That'll mess you up. Hurt your neck, yeah. like you said. And you know, I just I should have kept going with the Chicago suburbs thing. But the thing was, when you were from the city, and you said, and you were somewhere on vacation, they ask you where you're from, you'd say Chicago, and then they'd be like, what suburb? And you'd have to be like, no, I'm from Chicago. That's why it became a thing. That's why it became annoying for somebody who lived in the city. Well, you did. I'm very glad that you caught yourself and said that you moved. You started off the conversation by saying you left the city. I know, I have. I have grown up. Your toughness meter has increased. Yeah, Yeah. now I'm as tough as Kyle Bryant. (laughs) Good company, I guess. (laughs) Uh, That was an outstanding interview. Appreciate Kyle uh, for all. uh, He he brings it to those interviews, and I always appreciate uh, guys taking that type of effort. So great stuff today. Also appreciate Bilal Nichols. Fun having some defensive talk. And we're going to talk about quarterbacks forever. It's a long week. If we're being honest. It's a long year. It's going to be a long offseason. They still need one. But, yes, it's still it's a long week. And we got plenty more coming this week, three more days of loaded content for you, not only here on the Hogan Johns podcast, also on Under Center on NBC Sports Chicago. It's been a lot of fun. You can check out the YouTube pages, the My Teams app. If you haven't been watching, you should be. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you tomorrow. See ya.
y'all stay corona free, all right? And God bless. <laughs>